0: This is the word of the Lord. Just as Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham. The man of faith. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. We like the idea of inheritance. Something handed down, passed on. Uh, there are things I know from my childhood that I hope as uh, my parents, which is, I hope is a long time from now. Uh, but I hope that I will inherit from them. The things I think of fondly from growing up. Things I hope to pass down to my children. I often talk to my dad. I say, you know, when you're gone, I get your books. And he says, that's fine. I'm sure no one's going to fight over the books. Only you want the books. But not only things, we hope that we can leave a legacy for our children. Something that shows what we've worked for. Something that will cause our name to live on and on. We like this idea of permanence. This is true in all areas of our life, not only with family, but with work. We often hear, look what I have built through my labors. We like to think our family name that we've made will live on. And this is something I think that's always been true. Uh, People like the idea of living on. It's a truth we can even see in scripture that as we come and look at, at, at Abraham, Abraham was promised an inheritance. Father Abraham is an important figure in the history of the church. This is not only true for us today, but it was also true for those in the church of Galatia, both for those who are Christians, but for the Judaizers as well. And the Judaizers come to the church, and they are holding fast to faith plus works. And they've said belonging to God meant belonging to To Abraham, to be a child of God, you first had to be a child of Abraham. This is the only way you could share in his inheritance. So if you want to come to faith, you must be circumcised. You must follow these food laws and regulations. In essence, they said this, until Abraham is your father, God cannot be your father. So Paul now addresses Abraham. He makes a big deal about Abraham because they made a big deal about Abraham. Yet they understood, misunderstood, excuse me, Abraham. They misunderstood what it meant to be a child of Abraham, to have Abraham as your father. So as we come to our text today, we're going to see three things. We're going to first see the righteousness of Abraham. Second, we're going to see the descendants of Abraham And third and finally, we're going to see the blessings of Abraham, the righteousness of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham, and the blessings of Abraham. Paul is continuing his argument of faith being or righteousness coming by faith alone. And he is going to make this argument on the basis of Abraham. The Judaizers, you can imagine, love to come up and bring the covenant that is made with Abraham. The sign of that covenant being circumcision. But Paul here in our text is going to take him a step further back. In Genesis 17, we see that the the sign of the covenant is given to Abraham, that he is given circumcision. But Paul takes him back to Genesis 15. Abraham believed God, as we see in verse 6. And it was counted to him as righteousness. When God gave instructions to Abraham, Abraham's response was to obey. He believed and trusted in God. And that belief, that faith was counted to him as righteousness. The writer of Hebrew in Hebrews 11 says it this way. God had promised Abraham a land, but he owned no property in this land. He promised him heirs, but when he went, he had no children. But he went, and I should note this, Abraham never received these things. He received his one son, but he didn't see the fulfillment of it in his life. There was a sense in which what God had promised to do for Abraham, potentially in the mind of Abraham, and we see this through his actions, was impossible. Yet Abraham believed he had faith in God, that God would accomplish it, that he would make it so. By faith, he believed, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. This word here, counted or credited, is not something that he earned. It is is as if you owed a debt and it was credited to you. You had it paid for you. It was counted as paid in full. It was accounted or credited righteousness. It was not his own actual righteousness. It was only that he was declared right. Not that he was actually earned that rightness. God imputed righteousness to Abraham. He had received a royal pardon from the king of kings. Unrighteous though he was, his faith was counted for righteousness. Does this sound like anything that we've been talking about? As we've been going through and talking about justification, this act where God imputes his righteousness to us, he gives us, this his alien, this alien righteousness. Abraham comes in faith. Yes, he comes, he remains steadfast under trial, but he never gains any credit from God based upon his own works. They are credited to him by faith alone and nothing else. And in fact, we see here that he was credited this righteousness before he did any kind of works. Romans 4:3, for what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness this happens before Abraham is circumcised it's not about circumcision he was justified in fact let me ask you this question what was Abraham what nationality was Abraham that's right that's exactly right he was a Chaldean he wasn't an Israelite in fact there was no Israel at this point. So guess what? That makes Abraham a Gentile. Abraham the Gentile, and the Judaizers would have hate this. Abraham the Gentile receives an alien of foreign righteousness, righteousness and he wasn't even circumcised. He's an unwashed, uncircumcised Chaldean. We fundamentally have to understand something about the faith of Abraham. It was not about what Abraham did. It was never about what Abraham did. It was not about his obedience to the law. Because guess what? There was no law at this point. There was no law of Moses. It wasn't because he was a good Israelite. There was no Israel at this point. It was about Abraham's faith. The same for us today. It's not about what we do. It's about the faith that we have in Christ. We who have been saved by faith can't live as we are saved by works. The two things are not compatible. And yet this is our temptation. There may be a sense this morning where like, I feel like we've talked about this for a few weeks now. And that's true. And Paul has not yet let go of it because it is so important. And we are so tempted to do this. We are so tempted to justify ourselves by our own works. And Paul says, no. Just like Abraham, you are justified not by your works, but by faith alone. Then he goes on in verse 7. Know then that is it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. Since Abraham was justified, he was made right as a Gentile, he was the perfect Example for the Galatians. The Galatians who have been wrestling with two questions. Whom does God accept and on what basis does he accept them? Genesis 3, or excuse me, Galatians 3, 7 gives us the answer. God accepts you by faith and faith alone. And you can imagine how angry this would have made the Judaizers as they heard this. No. He basically says, only those by faith are real children of Abraham and those that believe. Not those who have kept the law. And we too can only be accepted on the same basis. Abraham put his trust in God and it was credited, it was counted as righteousness. He put his faith in the faithful God. Against all hope, against all belief, against all reason, Abraham committed himself and his whole life to God. He trusted in the God who had given him these promises. Who keeps all his promises. And we are called to do the same. We must trust him for. Uh, His providence, believing that he'll take care of our needs. We must trust him for deliverance, believing that he will bring us through times of trial. We must trust him in everything, just as Abraham trusted him. The faith of Abraham is the same faith that we have today. He continues in verse 8, and the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Notice how Paul says this. He preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. In essence, he's saying, guess what, Gentiles? Guess what, Galatians? The same faith that you have in Jesus Christ is the same faith that Abraham had. He had faith in the resurrection He had faith in the atonement. To have faith is to believe the good news of the cross and the empty tomb. To believe the good news of the gospel. It has always been this way. It has always been this way for God's people. All people everywhere. This is the promise made to Abraham. The Bible says it. God himself says it. They are in agreement with each other. B.B. Warfield says this, God and scriptures are brought into such conjunction as to show that in point of directness and authority, no distinction was made between them. The Bible speaks with one mind on this message. God's plan of salvation, the covenant of grace, runs from Abraham all the way to Christ. It is the same way we are saved today. What do we know about Abraham? I think it's good for us to take a moment and consider Abraham as he is moving to Mount Moriah. Abraham is commanded by God, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Go to Mount Moriah, and what I want you to do there is sacrifice your one and only son to me. And as Abraham moves forward, as he goes in faith, he has no doubt, there is no doubt in his mind that when he returns, Isaac's going to be with him. As he goes, he says to his servants, "Uh, me and the boy are going to go up and me and the boy are going to come back. I, I don't know that Abraham at this point understands how this is going to happen, but he believes that they will both go up and they will both come back. One way or the other, Isaac would come back down that mountain. Hebrews eleven nineteen. he considered that God, that is Abraham considered that God, was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Abraham in faith went forward knowing that God could raise Isaac from the dead. Of course, he didn't have to. God provided the sacrifice, the ram for him. But the gospel, according to Abraham, included both the atonement and the resurrection. We trust the atoning death and the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. God had planned this from the very beginning. beginning. The whole of the Old Testament predicts the coming of this Christ. It points to it, the Savior of the world, who would justify sinners by faith, exactly how God justified Abraham. And so now Abraham has descendants beyond number. We grew up singing this song. Uh, Virginia jokingly alluded to it before the sermon. Uh, And many, many of you may have heard it. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And it is a simple song, but it is actually full of great truth that if we don't think about it, we might miss it. Because Father Abraham did have many sons. And I am one of them, and so are you if, if you are in Christ. We who are in Christ are sons and daughters of Abraham. And this doesn't come through us becoming Israelites. It comes through faith in Christ alone. We receive the inheritance of Abraham. If we are sons and daughters of God, of, of the God Most High, then we must live as such, surrendering ourselves to Him, standing upon His promise. Living in obedience to the God who has accomplished all this for us. We, like Abraham, are to respond in faith. We come to Christ in faith and it is counted, it is credited to us as righteousness. And this is the plan for all people everywhere. One of those phrases I will never forget from seminary, one of my dearest and most loved and yet also most challenging professors. I can hear him saying it even to this day over and over again, as we studied the gospels, this is the Greek phrase, ta ethne, ta ethne. He repeated it over and over and over again. And what that means is for all nations, for all peoples, the gospels, it's for all nations, Through Abraham, God's blessing would come to every ethnic community, every tribe, every tongue, every people. The preaching of the gospel of Abraham, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, remains the church's duty and job to this very day. We can look at verse 9 almost as a summary of what he's been saying to this point. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. We are blessed with Abraham. We receive the blessings of Abraham so that his blessings become our blessings. You who are in Christ share in the blessings of Abraham. Are you curious what those blessings are? Check out the Old Testament. It's pretty cool stuff. We're not going to go look at them exhaustively today, But the Old Testament matters for you because you were children of Abraham. You have a promise of of an inheritance and a land and a people. And Abraham, he obtained these blessings. He obtained an inheritance in the promised land. Through Isaac, he becomes the father of many nations. But the greatest blessing that Abraham ever received was when he had faith. It was credited to him as righteousness, to be received as right before God. And you can receive that same blessing today. You can be made right with God. You can become a personal friend, a son and daughter of the creator of the universe. And if you are in Christ, that is what's true for you. You will live with him for all eternity. And you don't have to be circumcised in order to do that. You don't have to be good enough, in essence, in order to do that. You simply must come in faith. Because it's not about what you have done or what you will do. It is about what Christ has done for you. We only must believe. That same song I just mentioned, it says, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. You are one of the. I'm one of them, and so are you. And it says, so let's all praise the Lord. And not in a hokey pokey kind of left arm, right arm. If you've ever sing the song, at that point it degenerates into this weird arm game, leg game. It's not about that. The response we must have to this blessing that we have, that, that this blessing that is beyond all measure. We have been blessed in more ways than we can comprehend. And because of this, we are to praise the Lord. We are sons and daughters of Abraham. We are sons and daughters of the God most high. He has credited to us the work of Christ's righteousness. Christ has taken upon himself our sins. If ever there was a reason to respond by saying, so let's all praise the Lord. This is it. You no longer stand upon your own merit. You stand upon the merit of Christ. You don't come before the heavenly throne and say, hopefully I've been good enough. Hopefully I've done enough. Hopefully I can, I can dare to stand here. No, you come boldly saying, I know I have not done enough. I know I have not earned my way here, but I stand not upon my own merit. I stand upon the merit of Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the dead. It is easy, I think, as we go through the word of God, as we come to a place in Galatians, and we hear this talk about Abraham, they start going, what does this even mean? What is this even all about? Why is Paul bringing up Abraham? Abraham is so Old Testament. It's so last year. It's so gone past. Days gone past. And yet if we understand what he's saying. If we come to this. If we understand who Abraham is. We understand that this promise is true for us. And we even look forward to. The the blessings of Abraham are still to come for us. There's still a land that is coming. Jesus, when he goes, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That promise, that is the promise given to Abraham is still coming for us. He goes with the promise that there is going to be a people, more sons and daughters of Abraham. He calls this, this will be called the church. This is uh, the promise here today is in this room. Given to Abraham, you are a fulfillment of that promise. Let that sit in your mind for a second. You sitting here today, in these chairs, if you are in Christ Jesus, then you are a fulfillment given to Abraham, of the promise given to Abraham. That's who you are. That's your identity. So when we say, I am a son, I am a daughter of Abraham... That is a huge deal. It is not a cute little song, which it is a cute little song, but it's so much more than that. You are are a fulfillment, and you have something more to look forward to. Paul has stressed again for us that we are justified by faith in Christ and this alone. He shows us that this righteousness has always come this way. It's true in the Old Testament. For all those in the Old Testament who believed, who are are saved, are saved through Jesus Christ. They looked forward and they were saved. We now look back, but we are saved in the exact same way. And we now today have an inheritance that goes all the way back to Abraham. Abraham, who comes to faith as a Gentile sinner... Abraham, who had faith in God and what was credited to him as righteousness. You come in the exact same way. So let's all praise the Lord. We should respond in prayer and in praise. Let us come to him by faith alone. Let us receive him by faith alone, let us receive through Jesus Christ his righteousness, not upon our own merit, not upon what we do, but upon what he has done. Anytime we try to add our works to the, the cross of Jesus, we cheapen it. We cheapen his cross. Let us come in repentance, yes, but let us come in a faith and obedience. And next week he's going to tell us, how we are to live as those who are righteous. It's not that we don't live the righteousness out. We are to live that righteousness out, but we come by faith alone. I'm a son of Abraham. Are you? Are you a daughter of Abraham? Then come and worship and praise that same God who gave the promises so many thousands of years ago and understand that you are the fulfillment and that fulfillment is still coming it will come when Christ comes again where he gives you the blessings of that promise look forward to that with anticipation, with faith with a hungry heart that is longing after him let's pray Heavenly Father, we come to Your Word this morning, and it is easy to be lost in this talk of Abraham. And yet, in it, we see the wondrous reality of Jesus Christ. Oh, what it means to be called a son, and a daughter of Abraham! Oh, what it means to be called a son and daughter of the God Most High, with the wonder, wondrous reality of this truth take root deep in us. And if there are any in this room who do not know if they are sons and daughters of Abraham, I ask and pray that you would make that known to them today. That they would see the truth set before them. And they would come in faith, not based upon their own merit, but based upon the merit of Christ. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen.